This is the Foot in the Box podcast for the week of Thursday, September 21st. And now, please rise for the singing of our episode 110 of the A Foot in the Box podcast. My name is Peter Elliott. And I'm Paul Elliott. Back from the dead. <laughs> yep, I'm back. Uh, yeah, so we're Twin Brothers from Champaign, Illinois. This is a weekly baseball podcast coming to you the special midweek episode. It's the 2017 Foot in the Box award show. Uh, but before we get to our awards, Paul, uh, any thoughts on last week's show that you were not on uh yes three in fact i've listened to it a couple times now uh you listened to it twice i did wow i would say it was so good so first thought is uh just what an amazing interview with uh jeff cordell corbett corbett um probably a top three interview that we've done um I would put your interview with Daniel Winkler and my interview with Alan Nathan mm. ahead of ahead of uh, his. But what an amazing interview. So that was first thought. Um, my favorite quote from him was that uh, he enjoyed or everything was memorable up until uh, it became like a final product and nobody wa- and nobody watched. But uh, second thought. Thanks for the apology. The TWTW mm. apology. We'll address that later. Very heartfelt. Uh, you're forgiven. We can move on. Thank you. The people have spoken. You've responded, and we're good. And then uh, thanks to David for filling in. Really enjoyed his commentary, although I disagreed with his approval of uh, Grown Ups. Mm. I, uh, I'm i similar to you in that uh, I think those movies are terrible. And most Americans. <laughs> True. Well, I guess not. Most smart Americans. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, last week's episode was great, but... But this week will be uh, on that level as well. You were going to say even better than <laughs> yeah, you stopped yourself. That's probably not true. So we're going to give out awards. That'll be in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, we're also going to do TW, TW, and Sons of the Game, but kind of a um, uh, 2017 recap feel to those segments. But that was the, that was the intent. We'll see if Paul follows through <laughs> on that. Uh, and then we'll close up the podcast with reflections on a couple games that we play throughout the season. Uh, so we did some over-unders at the beginning of the season, kind of random fun over-unders. And uh, we also played a uh, Memorial Day trade deadline game, the second annual, uh, back on Memorial Day. So we'll uh, check in to see who won uh, this year's version of the Memorial Day trade deadline game. Uh, before we get to that stuff, though, I, I, we have a, an action-packed banter segment. And before the banter segment, we have our Nelly update this week. So uh, uh, things are a bit slower on the Nelly front. His tour is winding down with Florida Georgia Line. Uh, this week, the, the biggest news item when I Googled Nelly was that a, uh, uh, an Irish rugby player named Jamie Heslip uh, he's apparently a very good rugby player. 
from Ireland. He rapped Hot in Here by Nelly at uh, the, the Plowing Championships, which, which was apparently an Irish uh, farming festival. Hmm. So uh, here is uh, Jamie Heslip uh, rapping Hot in Here by Nelly. Well done, as always, on the Nelly front. Thank you. All right, uh, let's move on to banter. Lots to cover this week because uh, we haven't podcasted for uh, about nine days or so. First thing, uh, the Indians won 22 games in a row. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be a good weekly podcast had we not mentioned that because I don't think we talked about it. David and I definitely didn't talk about it. I briefly mentioned it. Um, I mentioned them and the Diamondbacks winning a uh, couple or double digit games in a row the Got week it. before. Got it. Uh, yeah. So they won 22. It's a new American League record. They broke the Moneyball A's of 2002. Yes. The 2002 A's had the record with 20 beforehand. Uh, so new American League record. They did fall short of the overall record of 26 from the 1916 Giants. Uh, the New York Giants, uh, but that is somewhat contested because uh, the 1916 Giants had a tie in the middle of that streak, so some people uh, don't think that should count. Where do you fall? Uh, it's lame that they counted it, but because our ancestors counted it, I feel like we should too. I agree. I was reading some New York Times uh, articles about the streak back in 1916. For uh, I was trying to do a blog post uh, about it, and... Uh, at the time, they referenced that it was like they'd won 26 games in a row, hmm. even with the tie. So I feel like because they acknowledged it back then, we have to acknowledge it now. So the record, I think, is 26, and the Indians are now second on that list. But still a crazy impressive streak, and they'd probably have to be the favorites going into the American League playoffs. Yeah, I was curious what the, the streak did to their Vegas odds, and they are the favorite uh, as of right now. Uh, nine to four betting odds. The Dodgers are second, hmm. followed by the Astros, then the Nationals, and then the Cubs. Interesting. Uh, another streak that uh, is impressive, probably more impressive. Um, the Yankees are now going to be over five hundred for the twenty fifth straight season. Just insane. Um, and they're of those twenty five seasons, this will be the sixteenth time that they've had over ninety wins. Uh, give you a taste into how great that streak is. The next best active streak is the Cardinals with 10 straight uh, seasons over 500. Yeah, I feel like it's just not fair that their rebuild was essentially a wild card team. Like <laughs> heading into this season, we thought they're, they're going to play Judge and Sanchez and their bullpen's going to be good, but who knows about their starting rotation in they're like the second best team, one yeah. differential wise in the American League. Yeah, and they have an outside chance at the division still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good point. The years where they're they're uh, down, they're still over 500. Uh, the record for the Yankees, and I assume the record for all of baseball for consecutive seasons over 500, uh, 39 seasons from 1926 to 1965. 
so they got a ways to go. Uh, Alex Gordon hits a home run, so that's not all that memorable, except for the fact that it broke the 2000 record for most home runs in a season. Of course, we've still got a week and a half left of baseball, uh, so going to go well past the previous record for home runs. Um, they're actually, uh, baseball's up 7.7% from 2000. Um, so <laughs> that's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Yes. Ironic that, uh, one of the worst position players in all of baseball broke the record. Gordon, you, you know more about the American league. Is he, uh, yeah, the worst? he's batting, I think like 209 slugging in the low threes. Really? Yeah. Eight, eight homers, I think. Hmm. Um, another home run related banter item. Uh, Matt Olson and Rice Hoskins, which I don't think we've mentioned either of them, uh, have been noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Hoskins is a rookie for the Phillies. Olson's a rookie for the A's. Both are hitting an insane amount of homers in a relatively short period of time. Hoskins has 18 homers in 39 games. Olson has 23 homers in 55 games. Wow. And he's had a homer in his last five games heading into tonight, Wednesday night. So Hoskins was kind of a... a- he wasn't like a top, top prospect, but he was a decent prospect. The A's guy, is he, was he a prospect at all? Yes. Uh, Olsen was first rounder, so he was, um, but back in 2012, so they've had to wait a little while. Hoskins was like a fifth round pick. Um, but Olsen is becoming the first player since uh, Giancarlo Stanton to hit 20 homers in the minors and 20 homers in the majors in the same season, hmm. which I so, thought was... So that was like seven, eight years ago? 2010, yeah. Interesting. Uh, a bit on the Dodgers September record. They are now six and fourteen. Uh, so they won four in a row. They broke their really long losing streak, but then they lost three games in a row. Um, their offense is really struggling. So definitely a team to watch uh, early on in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the, they're going to win a hundred games most likely. Be one of the best uh, teams in recent memory. But uh, if they can't turn it around quickly, especially their offense, they're going to get knocked out. Um, you know, like a, a really good Diamondbacks team or mm-hmm. the Brewers and um, maybe the Cubs could be in that wild card matchup and they could, all three of those teams could um, be the Dodgers in a five game series. Do I have it right that uh, if they were to be less than 500 in September, that would be the first time in like over 10 years that yeah, 2015 Royals were like two games under 500 and went on. So, but they're the only team in the last of the last five years. Uh, so like last 10 world series teams, last 10 teams to make the world series. They were the only one with a below 500 hmm. record. A uh, couple other notes for me. I was looking at innings pitched by the top, uh, like the most innings pitched of starters this year. Uh, only one starter currently has over 200 innings pitched. It's Chris Sale. And we're on pace for about 15 to 20 starters to have uh, 200 innings seasons, which used to be kind of the benchmark for just a, a workhorse starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can count on this guy to, to go 200 every year. So only having 15 to 20 guys do that seemed low. And uh, I looked back, and sure enough, uh, it, it is low. 2010, there were 45 starting pitchers that did that. 2005, there were 50. In 2000, there were 37. 1990, there were 42. In 1980, uh, 56. So it is a sign of the times. Starters are going uh, shorter. Their their outings are shorter, and they're not going as far into games. 
and uh, that's just the way baseball is played today. Uh, the 2018 schedule is out tentatively. Uh, one big note that I wanted to get your opinion on, Paul, uh, the season now starts on a Thursday, March 29th of 2018, and all 30 teams play on that same day. Uh, it's different than previous years where they might play a marquee game or a few marquee games on a Sunday, and then the rest of the teams would play on Monday. So do you like this new uh, all 30 teams Thursday opening day? Well, what I wasn't clear on was, are they going to be day games? I would imagine it'd be a mix. Uh I prefer for the first game to be a night game so that I can watch it hmm. while I'm not at work. So I kind of like preferred um, the Sunday night game ahead of the rest of the season. Was it two years ago? The Cubs and Cardinals played. Maybe that was three years ago on Sunday night baseball. Um, I remember watching all of that. Um, so I, I prefer it at night uh, if it's going to happen. Um yeah. But, I mean, either way, I'll be following along. Yeah, I like to have one marquee, just like one marquee game the night before, and then the rest of the games on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. I don't like the Thursday either. Thursday feels weird. Yeah, maybe like I'll take off work. Start my week off with opening day. Mm-hmm. Um, Trout and Harper update, probably the, the last Trout-Harper update of the year, unless Trout makes the playoffs. Uh, Harper, it looks like he's going to be back for a few games before the playoffs which I always thought was kind of what would happen, but um, we'll definitely be watching him as he gets ready. Uh, Trout uh, looks like he's going to fall short of his MVP bid, Jose Altuve. It's um, been pretty good recently and kind of seems to have that locked up. But a thing to watch for. I've talked a few times now about my new stat, the 300, 450, 600 club. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Trout, this would be the first time he's done it. Uh, if he did it this year. And since, I think, 2008, uh, Bryce Harper in 2015 is the only other guy to do it. Um, and Trout right now is 311 average, so he's got that lockdown, a 448 on base percentage, and a 631 slugging. Hmm. So he's got the slugging, he's got the average, the 448 on base. Uh, he needs to get up to 450. And uh, So root for him to get on base. Only 36 guys in all of baseball history, have had a 300, 450, 600 season. Um, so I'm definitely rooting for Trout to join that list this year. Last thing before we get to our 2017 awards, our Dan Winkler update. Uh, he's now thrown five straight scoreless appearances, and uh, his stats now for the year, 11 and two-thirds innings pitched out of the bullpen, a 1.54 ERA, and a .69 whip. So good stuff from our good friend, mm-hmm. Daniel Winkler. Yeah, it would be amazing if he were able to put up those type of numbers for more than 11 innings. Um, nothing further for me. Uh, I will say I've been enjoying the NFL ratings debacle. <laughs> uh, inconclusive whether that is at all related to baseball. So I haven't followed it too closely. Are ratings way down? They are down, and they're down mostly in uh, the biggest markets. Interesting. But teams in those markets have been pretty bad. So, and you've got like hurricane coverage and stuff that might. True, I have not watched a minute of the Bears. I did watch the end of Week One. Hmm. But yeah, I'm, I think the Mike Glennon era needs to end soon. Okay, well that does it for baseball banter. Uh, next up, the foot in the box 
2017 Awards. All right, Paul, no, uh, no Sean Spicer guest appearances <laughs> on our award show. Uh, did you enjoy that? I didn't actually see it. I just saw that he, mm-hmm. he did it. People were pretty upset. Yeah, people, it seems like, haven't, haven't moved on yet. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, typical baseball award show. Uh, we're going to do MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, and then uh, we also do Most Disappointing Team and Most Surprising Team. And because we like to hold ourselves accountable, we also mention our preseason prediction and our midseason uh, award that we gave out as well. So uh, let's go back and forth, Paul. Let's start with MVP. Uh, who is your American League 2017 MVP? It was a tough call. I am going to go with Jose Altuve. Uh, close runner-up, very close runner-up is Aaron Judge, followed by Mike Trout. Really? Um, Has Judge rebounded recently? He yeah, he's played a lot better recently. Hmm. My preseason pick was Mookie Betts. Uh, midseason was Judge, and like I mentioned, Altuve is my end of the season pick. Um, just a few nuggets about Altuve. He finished third last year behind um, Trout and Betts, so it isn't new that he's part of the conversation. His slash line this year is three forty eight, four oh nine, and five fifty six. With 31 stolen bases and a war of seven. Um, he's second in all base percentage in the American League, third in slugging, uh, first in stolen bases, which was somewhat surprising. 31 seems like a pretty low hmm. number, but no one steals it anymore, I guess. Uh, he's first in war, which is probably the biggest indicator, and then uh, also first in OPS+. Plus. Um, this is his fourth straight season leading the American League in hits. Shout out to David last time for the <laughs> TWTW on hits. Um, but Altuve is actually the first player in the history of baseball to do that. Four, mm. four straight seasons leading his league in hits. I figured Ichiro would have done that. Um, and it, to be honest, uh, you know, I, th- I thought it was a toss-up until I started to look more at Altuve's, um, the position he plays. And that's just so important. Um, I think if he played outfield or DH... Um, you know, like Judge, I'd probably go with Judge as an MVP. But just considering the gap between El Tuve and every other second baseman in the American League, um, I just think it's El Tuve plays such a, an important position. Um, for example, I looked up, you know, his on base percentage. Uh, he leads American League second baseman by 34 points hmm. in on base percentage. Jose Ramirez is, is second, and that's by far the biggest gap at any position in the American League. So. You know, you can find other uh, really good outfielders, like, you know, Justin Upton walked into a a really good 2017 season, but at second base, that's just so rare to have an amazing season. So, Is Justin Upton the next best outfielder? Uh, in terms of war, yeah. Wow, so Trout and Upton are like... Well, yeah, Tr- Trout technically doesn't qualify, so he doesn't appear on a lot of the war leaderboards, but... Um, well, your fan graphs, baseball reference, he does. Hmm. Um, do you agree with my Altuve pick? Yeah, I think he's he's uh, he's made it hard to vote for anyone else the last couple of weeks. Thought there was a chance when Altuve got hurt or had the neck issue for a couple of days, but 
yeah, it's uh, it's Altuve's award. My National League MVP. Well, I guess first, uh, I guess you said uh, Betts was your preseason, and then midseason was Judge. Judge, yeah. Uh, my preseason prediction. Do you remember Paul? Paul Goldschmidt. No. Uh, Trey Turner. Trey Turner was my preseason <laughs> prediction. Then Goldschmidt midseason, and had to stick with my preseason prediction. Trey Turner, <laughs> MVP. I haven't even looked at his numbers. I'm guessing they're pretty terrible. Well, still. so my actual MVP is Joey Votto. Uh, first, though, defense of Trey Turner. So he's played 88 games so far this year, nine home runs, and he's stolen how many bases? Do you think? 25. 42. Wow. 42 for 48 in steals. So, uh, you know, if you just double that, or not even doubles, you know, say you take 60%, 70% and add it on top, you get a, uh, you know, 15 home run, uh, 70 steal season. Like a Hmm. crazy, crazy good uh, season. It's a unique season. I'm not sure if he would have won the MVP probably wouldn't have if he played the whole year. But uh, How many 2, s- 2.7 war. So, again, if you just, you know, that's a 5-6 war season. That's pretty good. So How, how many steals does he get off Lester? <laughs> well, Montero, too. He got, he got Montero uh, traded. Uh, Joey Votto is the MVP winner, though. Uh, 151 games as of this recording. 317 average, 454 slugging, and a 581 slugging percentage. Uh, I guess if he goes nuts in the power department, he could be a 300, 450, 600 guy. Um, but his war is 6.9, according to Baseball Reference. Uh, this would be his second MVP award, which I had forgotten um, that he also won it in 2010, or uh, yeah, 2010, with the Reds. Uh, my runners up, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, if if Goldschmidt's numbers were cl- closer to Vado, I could see it just because he plays for such a better team. But Votto is, is just far better in all three categories, average on base and slugging. And Goldschmidt plays in the better uh, hitter's park. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton had obviously a phenomenal season, 55 home runs. Actually, I think maybe 56. He's going to have close to 60 home runs, lead the National League in slugging, 631. Um, but Votto, I think, has just been a little better. 70, 70 points higher in on base. Uh, and lastly, Justin Turner would round out my ballot. In 130 games, uh, he is going to hit uh, above 320, uh, have a on base of over 410, and then a 540-ish uh, slugging percentage. And he's a 5.5 war. So the Dodgers have been great. I feel like it would be wrong to not have uh, a Dodger on my ballot. So there you go. Joey Votto, Jose Altuve, your MVP winners. Let's move over to the Cy Young. Uh, I feel like the American League Cy Young is is uh, hotly contested. Yes, uh, Sale and Kluber are one and two. Uh, you know, truth be told, you could give a vote either way, and I think you'd be justified. Um, I'm going to go with Sale. Uh, I think expectations were were sky high of him at the beginning of the year after the Red Sox gave up. Moncada, who is the number one prospect in baseball, and Kopech, who is, you know, one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. They were counting on Sale to be amazing, and he has been amazing for, for most of the season. Uh, leads the American League in war at 7.6. That's both position players and pitchers. Um, he's the leader. 
no one has struck out more batters. No one has pitched more innings. Um, he's on pace to surpass 300 strikeouts for the he, first he did, time in his career. He just did. Just did. First pitcher with 300 strikeouts in the American League since Pedro in 1999. Yeah, just an amazing accomplishment. Um, he's reached double-digit strikeouts in over two-thirds of his starts. Um, and, you know, Kluber's been insane, too. You could throw out a bunch of stats about him. Um but he had a, a rocky April and early May. You know, he was on the DL for a little while. Um, and Sale has, you know, he's regressed a little bit in September. But um, I just think whole body of work, Sale deserves the Cy Young a little bit more than Kluber. And uh, Sale was also my my pick at the beginning of the year. So maybe I'm a little biased. So Sale won, Kluber two. Any, any others? Uh, I'm going to go Severino from the Yankees third I don't think we've mentioned him at all, but he's actually having a terrific year. Mm-hmm. Um, Fangraphs war, he's up in the, the fives. Um, Yankees best starter, probably the um, top five starter in all of baseball. Yep, he's been very good. My Cy Young, uh, preseason, I said Clayton Kershaw would win it. Midseason, Max Scherzer, I said, was the winner. And my end of the season award goes to Max Scherzer. Hmm. would be uh, back-to-back Cy Young wins for him, and I think will be. Uh, I think he'll win it. Um, but the the race between him and Granke is very close, in my opinion. Uh, on baseball reference, they both have a 6.6 uh, pitcher's war, and then Fangraphs has uh, Scherzer at 5.6 to Granke's 5.5. Um, when you look at it, um, Scherzer's whip is... 0.92, where Granke's is 1.02. And uh, to me, as a pitcher, your main responsibility is to limit base runners mm-hmm. uh, and home runs and the like. Um, and so Scherzer's ERA is better. His whip is better. You know, they've thrown pretty much the same amount of innings. Uh, you can't really go Granke over Scherzer, in my opinion. But Granke would be number two for me, and I look forward to him uh, probably pitching in a, the one-game wild card. And then uh, the Diamondbacks have a lot of good starting pitchers to throw at the, the Dodgers. But mm-hmm. Granky could start like game three or game four of that series as well. Yeah, and that would be special too because the Dodgers, right, were the team that were outbid by the Diamondbacks. Yep. Yeah, his former team. Yep. Uh, round out my top five, um, Kershaw three. Uh, he's having a great year, just didn't throw enough innings in my opinion. This would be his seventh top five finish in a row. Hmm. So I'm hoping he gets voted in the top five to continue that streak. Uh, Kenley Jansen, uh, best closer in baseball this year. And then uh, last one, I, I gave Jacob deGrom the spot. He's probably not deserving of it, but uh, he pitched a ton of innings. He's going to throw 200 innings and uh, did it for a really bad Mets team when uh, a lot of his uh, other Mets starting pitchers were injured the entire season so jacob deGrom, number five on my list did Arietta win the cy young back in 2015 he did who would be uh the the cub starter or who was who the best cub starter this year Ooh, that's tough i feel like each pitcher's kind of had a stretch i mean hendrix is probably the best one right now but he just doesn't have enough i was going to ask like would any of them fall within the top like even 20 of oh, national league starters i doubt it yeah it's kind of amazing that they're where they're at, given that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what depth depth does. All right, rookie of the year. Should be pretty easy. 
Aaron Judge, slam dunk, um, should be unanimous. Who is your preseason prediction? Uh, Andrew Benintendi. Benintendi and uh, Trey Mancini, uh, outfielder for the Orioles, are both going to finish with 20 homers and 80 RBIs, which is a really good rookie season and would probably have a chance of winning if it weren't for Judge. Uh, but, but Judge is on pace to hit 50 homers and have over 100 RBIs. That's just that's amazing for a rookie. He leads all rookies in war, homers, runs, RBIs, on-base percentage, second in slugging to Bellinger. Um, I mean, he's yeah, he's a bona fide MVP candidate, mm-hmm. let alone Rookie of the Year. So uh, Judge, by far, is the Rookie of the Year in the American League. Yep, similar in the National League, uh, Cody Bellinger is – the winner and had that locked up a month ago, even though um, Hoskins with the Phillies has really come on lately. Uh, Bellinger's still the clear-cut winner. Uh, he's got 38 home runs right now, and that means with his next home run, he will uh, break the record for most home runs in a de- uh, debut season. So he's tied with Frank Robinson and Wally Berger right now with 38 home runs in your in your first season in the in the big leagues. Uh, and he did it in 120 games, so that's even more impressive. 357 on base percentage, 601 slugging, uh, 600 slugging from a rookie is uh, just crazy. And he's been pretty consistent. And, uh, I think four of the five months he's been in the big leagues, he's had a slugging percentage of over 500, which is uh, uh, 500 is kind of the line that I use for elite status. Mm-hmm. Uh, my preseason prediction was Dansby Swanson. He has been terrible this year, uh, 234 average, six home runs in 140 games. Uh, so, yeah, terrible prediction by me. Had a terrible season, and I'm not sure what his future is with the Braves. Uh, Bellinger was my midseason pick as well. Uh, other guys that I would put on my ballot. Uh, do you do a ballot? Do you do like a top five, or do you just do one? I was thinking it was top three. Okay. Well, my top three would be Bellinger, uh Hoskins, like you said, 18 home runs in 39 games. And then the last spot, I feel like three guys all really close, uh, Ian Happ, Josh Bell, and Paul uh, Dijon. Uh, I'd probably go, uh, because I'm a homer, I'll go Ian Happ. 22 home runs in 105 games. Has he exceeded your expectations? Oh, yeah. I didn't think he'd be all that good. Hmm. He was a first-round pick, right? Yeah, I didn't really know what uh, what type of player he was, but um, he's a pretty bad fielder, but has got lots of power. All right, most surprising and most disappointing teams. Uh, so my most surprising was the Diamondbacks, just like it was at the All-Star break. Their pitching staff has been great. Uh, Third-best ERA in baseball and second-best starters ERA in baseball, just behind the, the Dodgers. They're going to win 95 games. And uh, at the beginning of the season, their over-under mark was 77.5. So, uh, you know, 77.5 is what Vegas thought was kind of average um, for a Diamondbacks 2017 season. And they're going to break that by 18 games. So that's uh, super impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're, uh, I think they'll be a tough out in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have that good of starting pitching, it's really tough to knock a team out. My most disappointing, I'll finish here. Most disappointing, uh, it was the Cubs at the All-Star break, but they've played better in the second half. I'm going to go with the Giants now. Uh, So they're on pace to win about 65 games. 
their preseason over under from Vegas was 87.5. Hmm. So, so, you know, over 20 games in the opposite direction for them. They have a terrible offense, second to last in uh, baseball and on base percentage, and dead last in slugging. Only 121 home runs. That's last currently by 22 home runs from the next worst team. So no power, and no one gets on base, which means a pretty terrible team. Hmm. Yeah, three World Series in five years, though. I'll take a dud. Uh, my most uh, surprising, I switched from the midway point. I said the Yankees at the All-Star break. I'm going to go with the Twins now. Hmm. Uh, somehow the Twins... Negative three run differential. They've been outscored this year. Are going to be most likely the second wild card. Well, that's way better than it was. It was like negative like eighty. Yeah, they're bouncing back. Stretch, yeah. Um, and even you know you look at their roster and they've had some bright spots this year. Obviously, like uh, Buxton has turned it around. Sano has been really good. Um, Maurer has had a decent season. Santana has been good. But even if you just go you know beyond those players, the roster doesn't seem that good. But Somehow they're going to squeak in. So credit to Paul Molitor. I think he'll be the the, the manager of the year in the American League. Um, my most disappointing team is the Rangers. The runner-up would be the Blue Jays. Uh, Rangers have had just a, a terrible bullpen. Um, lead the they have led the league in blown saves for most of the season, and uh, you know guys like Napoli, Odor, are batting like two hundred. I think Napoli is actually one ninety. And they're getting three, four hundred at bats. So, just a, a really bad season from the Rangers, uh, a team that I thought was going to be the uh, at least a wild card in the uh, American League. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. Uh, Altuve, Votto, MVP. Your Cy Youngs are Sale and Scherzer, and then Rookie of the Year Bellinger, Judge. Most surprising teams: Diamondbacks and Twins, and most disappointing the Giants, and the Rangers. I was impressed looking back uh, our um, division predictions, I think, will all be accurate. Yeah, it was a pretty easy year to pick divisions, though. Yeah. So Nationals, Cubs, Dodgers was my NL uh, winners, and then Paul had the Astros, Indians, Red Sox. We did do pretty poorly on wildcard teams. I had the Pirates and Mets, and you had the Rangers and Blue Jays. Hmm. Can't win them all. Uh, my bold prediction, though, was that the Diamondbacks would have a better record than the Giants, which was controversial at the time, but is going to be about 30 games correct yeah. at the end of the season. Uh, so we'll give playoff predictions uh, in a couple podcasts from now. But uh, just to tease it, uh, we had Red Sox-Cubs World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you picked the Red Sox, I picked the Cubs. Uh, I'm not sure who I'd pick today. I'd actually switch mine to the Indians. I think they'll be back, and uh, I think it'll be a rematch. See, I don't... It's hard. I think whoever wins the... I think the Diamondbacks won the wildcard game. I think whoever wins the Diamondbacks-Dodgers series will be my pick. Hmm. But that is open to me changing it before our playoff preview podcast. Well, that does it for our awards. Next up, TWTW. When you can put some of those categories, you know, you got your OBPS and all that and the VORPs, when they put in TWTW and then interface those numbers with TWTW under that category, then you might have something cooking. What, what, what TW is? Yeah, what is that? That's the will to win. 
All right, for TWTW this week, I'm going to talk about home runs. Mm, great step, Paul. And Love it. I am. Uh, I've I've listened to the uh, the criticisms mostly from you, Peter. And I feel like in the past I've gone a little deep into some of the statistics. My goal now that was not my complaint ever is to provide um, a a list, maybe three or four long of of items that you can carry forward as you're watching a game in the future. Just so, to be fair, my criticism was you were giving, you were going deep into stats that uh, they, they were too nuanced, right? They were just stats that uh, uh, no one really cared about. Sure. Um, so hopefully I can accomplish that this week. I'm going to talk about home runs. You know, in a season where uh, we've broken a record, there's going to be 6,000 plus home runs hit. Um, I have to use at least one of my TWTWs to talk about home runs. And I want to do that by giving you three stats to put this home run season uh, into perspective. So the three stats. First, Homers are up 47% over 2014, which I think is um, amazing. 2014 was the uh, the 22 year low, so you kind of bottomed out uh, three years ago. You've been increasing um, by a, a ton each year since then, so up 47% over 2014. Second stat: there are cur- currently 149 players across baseball with the necessary amount of at-bats to qualify for the batting title. So essentially 150 or so players that have played a significant amount of games. And there are 110 players who have hit 20 home runs. Uh, That's an insane stat. Obviously, that's not a perfect crossover. Someone like Rice Hoskins wouldn't qualify for the batting title. But you just figure you have 150 everyday players who are getting a ton of at-bats, and 110 players have hit over... 20 home runs um that is current wait, wait wait you said 150 regular players who have qualified for the batting title hmm. 110 have hit t- at least 20 homers that seems like a low amount it's like half of the regular players right yeah uh the 110 who have hit 20 homers that's one short of the record that was set last year but there are five players currently at um 19 and four at 18 so we'll have a new record there as well and if you read a lot of the the literature, I was going to say, if you read a lot of the articles being written about home runs, they point to sort of the middle uh, middle tier widening quite a bit. So it's not so much that you have just a ton of 50 homer guys or even 40. It's the, you know, the Jonathan Scopes of the world, Ian Haps of the world that are getting up to 20, 25 home runs. That's making a difference. And the last stat, this was the most interesting to me. Uh, research from Jeff Sullivan at Fangraphs shows that uh, the home run surge isn't confined just to the big leagues, actually in every level of the minor leagues. So from AAA all the way down to, to low A, home runs are up this year versus the previous decade. Not as much as the big leagues, but still at, at every level you're getting an increase in home runs. So it's it's not just a short-term thing, I don't think. This is something that we'll be dealing with for, for years to come. And I got through a whole thing without talking about the juice baseballs. So mm. there you go, Peter. Nice. Uh, one more home run stat for you. Rookies this year hit over 700 homers. That was the most of any year by, wow. by rookies. Yeah. So The kids can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, well done, Paul. Thank you. Enjoyed Thank you. Enjoyed that.
That was TWTW. Uh, next up, sounds of the game. Oh, and one to Charlie. Swung on a high fly ball to deep left field. The Dodger Ben Frankies. Did you believe a home run? And the Dodgers have clinched the division and will celebrate on schedule. in a game-winning home run. What a moment to have it. And would you believe his first home run of the year. So the Dodgers did what they hoped to do. It was a struggle, but they won it on their own merit. 4-3. The last home run that Charlie Culberson hit would be two years ago in 2014 against Cincinnati. So the Dodgers for the fourth straight year have won the National League division title in the West. And what a guy to do it. Charlie Culberson after dramatic Triple and a home run by Seeger to keep them alive. So now they don't care about the Padres and the Giants. Care not at all. And boy, did it work out perfectly for the final home game of the regular season. Well, I think I've played that clip before on the podcast, uh, but uh, it's hard to remember all the, the Vince Scully clips we've played this year and last year. Uh, that was... Scully calling his last Dodgers home game last year when the Dodgers won the NL West on a walk-off homer. Um, the one-year anniversary of that moment is coming up here this weekend, so I thought it would be appropriate, and the Dodgers are about ready to clinch the NL West. So uh, there you go. Uh, all right, my sounds of the game this week is pretty simple. It's just a few of my favorite moments from the season. At the very end of the, the season after the playoffs, we'll do kind of a full season recap but uh, as of right now, here are just a few of my favorite uh, 2017 moments. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, he's about to beat me right here. Oh, my God. Oh, my I broke my mic. <laughs> oh, there it is. I fixed Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> well, oh, my oh. God. Okay. Wait a minute. If it hits the roof, it doesn't count. to say what do you say after those balls he hit two over 500 Bellinger turns on one way back to right field the kid goes deep again
Rip to right. It's Down over. the line. Fair ball. Around third. Ramirez will score. It's a walk-off for number 22. Well, all that stuff you talked about between Bryce Harper and Hunter Strickland in the playoffs. They've never faced each other during the regular season. Whoa! History. And Bryce Harper wants a piece of Hunter Strickland. Here they go. Strickland lands a punch. Harper lands a punch. Bench is empty. And if that was unintentional, Hunter Strickland just totally lost his command. We told you there was history. All right, our last uh, segment on this week's podcast, we're just going to reflect a little bit on over-under predictions, very random over-under predictions at the beginning of the season, and then our Memorial Day trade deadline game. First, let's just do the Memorial Day trade deadline game, get that out of the way. Back-to-back. Paul wins again. Your strategy of getting hitters uh, paid off. So you had four of your ten that you drafted, and, and for those that are confused, on Memorial Day, the last two years, we've drafted ten players each, and the idea is if that player gets traded before the trade deadline on July 31st, any plate appearances or innings pitched for his new team count as a point for you. So Paul, of the ten that you drafted, you only had four get traded. J.D. Martinez, Melky Cabrera, Todd Frazier, and Jose Quintana. And then uh, of my 10, I had five, but they're all pitchers. Trevor Cahill, Jeremy Hellickson, Tony Watson, David Robertson, and Sonny Gray. Comes out to a slaughter, uh, about 700 points for you and 200 for me. Mm. So uh, maybe I'll remember to, to draft hitters next What did we do year. last year? Like, Didn't I pick like a six-pack of beer or something? Something like that, yeah. I don't know what we decided this year. I'll have to go back and listen. All right, so you win again. Um, at the end of the season, I'll I'll do a blog post to recap it. But I'm curious to know the guys that we missed on. J.D. Martinez is probably him and Frazier and Cabrera are probably at the top of the list. Yeah, I would say Upton right, but you said... Uh, yeah, September trades don't count. Or August trades don't count. Impressive that I won, uh, given my top three picks were Cozart, Kane, and... Uh, Jed Lowry, so I yeah. swung a mist on all those and still killed you. <laughs> yep. All right, um, let's move on to our unique over-unders. This one was a little bit better for you. Yeah, so uh, we did 10, uh, five apiece. So let's just go down the list here, and this is somewhat uh, unscripted. It's very unscripted because I just had the list here. I don't actually know the totals for each of these or where they currently stand. So 30 uh, was the over-under mark for Gary Sanchez home runs. Uh, we both took the under, and he just hit his 31st home run. So Both wrong? Both wrong, 0 for 1. Next one, 23.5, uh, and that was the number for wins from the Reds' first five starters. So the first five Reds pitchers that started a game this season, uh, Brandon Finnegan, uh, <laughs> 
I just had last names here. Rookie, R- Rookie Davis, I think is his name. Uh, Scott Feldman, Bronson Arroyo, and Amir Garrett. Those were the five. Uh, you took the over, I took the under. Currently, they're at 15 wins from the, their first five. Just shocking. Which has got to be the lowest so in all what, baseball. What happened to Finnegan? He has one win this year. I think he got hurt. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Scott Feldman had seven, but uh, the rest of the guys couldn't pull their weight. Uh, 4.5 NL batters with above a 400 on base percentage. Um, eight is the number. Right now, eight mm-hmm. for NL only. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there's four the last two years. Um, so we're up to eight this year. I took the under, you took the over, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that could change, but it looks like the over is pretty safe. Oh, for three for me. <laughs> two for three for you. Uh, 2.5 months of Jose Quintana on the White Sox. Uh, Paul, you took the under, I took the over. It was actually in July, so it was like 3.5 months. Yep. So three for four for me, oh, for four mm-hmm. for Paul. Another <laughs> weird one for you, Paul. More confidence. <laughs> uh, Andrew Benatendi, Rookie of the Year, Indians, AL Central. <laughs> If neither of them happened, there'd be no, no way to... Yeah, it wasn't really an over-under. You took the Indians. I took Benintendi. I feel like you uh, won this. Somehow it was quantifiable. So <laughs> one, your... for, one for five. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next one. Four Cubs batters with 25 or more home runs. And this is actually going to come down to the wire. Uh, did you look this up, Paul? Currently, there are three Cubs players with over 25. Rizzo... Schwarber and Brandt. But, so we've got like 10 days of the season left. And there's three guys that have a chance, right? So, Bias has 22, Hap has 22, Contreras has 21. So, eh, I don't know. It's, uh, so the over-under is four. There's a chance that it's four if Bias or Hap hits three down the stretch. But uh, I'll give you the point, Paul. I guess we both took the over. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're both wrong. Uh, th- next one, 34.5 MLB hitters with 30 or more homers. Uh, did you figure this out in your TW, TW, Paul? Uh, yes. Currently, there are 29 batters with 30 or more home runs. There are, uh, I believe, six uh, within one home run of 30. And 30. Oh, yeah, yeah. 34.5 was the number, but 30 home runs was the line. So the, there's like a dozen within two. So I think we'll both be right. Yeah, we both took the over. Uh, for comparison, last year there was 32. In 2015, there was only 20 batters that had 30 homers. And in 2014, there were 11. And this year we'll probably have close to 40. Yeah. Which is nuts. Next one, uh, better OPS, Jorge Soler or Byron Buxton? Uh, we both took Buxton, and we will definitely both be correct. Yes. Jorge Soler, one of the worst seasons of any player in baseball. Yeah, that trade did not work out well. For the Royals. Yeah, correct. So we're both right on that. I believe that is three for me. Sure. Three out of eight. The next one was the Yankees uh, over or under the 500 mark, 81 wins. Uh, I took the under. Peter took the over. Peter's going to be right. I am right. Yes. And then the last one was uh, 8.25 strikeouts uh, per game, like per each team. 8.1 was the was the line. Oh, sorry, and the the actual number is uh, 8.25, which is a record. 
Yes. It's like for the ninth year in a row, the season has set a new record. Right. I was wrong. the previous season. I took the over. Did you take the over too? I took the under, actually. I don't know what I was thinking. So I was, that's four out of 10 for me. I don't know if you kept track of yours. Six out of 10. Nice. Yep. All right. We also did five uh, <laughs> podcast over-unders. So first one, May 15th, over-under May 15th for Peter writing his daily blog post. Over. Way over. We're both correct. Yeah. I'm about 10 days from finishing. I've done about 170 of the 180 days in the season, 183, I think. So very much looking forward to being over. Today's post was uh, the best player from each MLB draft class. Nice. Which is one I actually wanted to write for a while, so I'm glad I got that out. I'm actually running out of, like there's topics I want to write about, but I don't have enough days to do it. Hmm. I wouldn't have predicted that at the beginning of the year. But the time, the time it takes to write some of these is... What's the hour difficult. that you've most frequently submitted the blog post? Like I would, the, the 11 o'clock hour? Oh, no, I would say like past midnight. Hmm. All right, uh, two hours, over under two hours for the longest podcast. Under. Yeah, we both... Uh, Last week was the longest, right? It was like hour and a half, yeah. What, this could come close, though, with the 10 gas player preview. That's always... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always when we test that. Uh, 0.5 for MLB players on our podcast. Under. Yes. Well, Sammy Bodine last week. True, true. He, he didn't make the show, but he made a show. <laughs> that is true. I think I'd rather have Sammy Bodine than like a a middle relief pitcher. Um, not not Daniel Winkler. Winkler. I think that he was by far our best guest. Yeah. But Sammy Bodine is second. So you're conceding that he's better than Alan Nathan now. No, among uh, uh, players or former players. Point mm. uh, five in studio Kevin appearances. We came very close one week. <laughs> he nicked at the last second. I don't think he knew about this over-under. So uh, we both took the over, and it was under, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, 0.5 pregnancies or girlfriends. This is still TBD. Yep. Paul and Kate had sex last night. and uh, <laughs> Fake, hope, fake we're, news. We're hoping for a fake news, pregnancy. yeah. No pregnancies, so I'll just leave that uh, up in the air for the listeners. That would be a good motivation for starting a relationship, right? <laughs> winning an over under yes all right well that does it for our 2017 over unders uh looking ahead to next week so we're in kind of a weird podcast season this is a midweek episode we won't have a podcast again until the end of the regular season but that'll be our special 10 guest playoff preview so between now and then paul will interview five american league guests and i will interview five national league guests to preview the 10 playoff teams. I think the last two years we've done this, we're the only podcast to do it uh, last year. The year before, Jonah Carey stole our idea <laughs> and uh, and did it. Not as well, though. Only podcast to do it. Uh, it's our, that's our thing. So make sure to tell yeah. your friends to, to listen to our 10 guest player pre- preview. That'll come out on Sunday night, next Sunday. So when the regular season ends, uh, make sure to... Refresh your iTunes for our podcast. And then uh, our, our personal playoff preview with our friend David from Chicago will be on Tuesday of that week. So the, the American League wildcard is Tuesday night. Our podcast will come out Tuesday morning. We'll give our playoff predictions and uh, just talk about storylines and things to watch for in the playoffs. And uh, lastly, 
we're going to do our fantasy game again this year. So uh, last year we did it, had a ton of fun. I think around 80 or so people played with us. Um, you just have to pick one player from each team to fill out a, a, a team. So starting lineup, uh, position players, and then your, your pitching staff, uh, one player from each playoff team. Um, so you, you won that last year? I, I beat you, but yeah, I forget. You, from, you remember who won the whole thing? Don't. Yeah, so the winner gets $50, 25 from me and 25 from Paul. Have you okayed that with Kate yet? Uh, I have not. Does but she just have a podcast fund that she lets you spend on? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, $25 a year is, is worth it. Nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, you'll have to do that, though, before the first wild card game. So between a Sunday and Tuesday, make sure to log in, <laughs> go to our website, and uh, fill out a, uh, a fantasy team. Well, I think that doesn't play anything else. Fun time of year. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, you can subscribe on iTunes. Make sure to leave us a review there. Uh, send us emails. Uh, we'd love to discuss them. Perhaps you have a question for on one of the playoff teams for one of our guests. So footinthebox at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at a foot in the box. Check us out online at a foot in the box.com. Uh, this week's outro. We, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of Jose Fernandez's uh, death. Uh, September 25th, 2016 is when he passed away. And uh, to, to remember that, honor that, uh, we're going to play D. Gordon's home run, the first game back for the Marlins. Very emotional moment and one of my favorite uh, baseball memories of, of recent years. Yeah, I agree. Remember to keep a foot in the box. We'll see you in October. Oh, going to right. It's deep.